0: Hmm?
1: Ah! Oh. I think I know what Harold's problem is. Glenn. You are a man of science. Am I right, Harold? Thought I recognized a fellow traveler. See, because I can see the mistake you're making, Harold, because made the same one myself the mistake i'm making the reason we have spent our entire lifetimes not believing in what so many of our species were so determined to believe in god and magic not because it wasn't true harold it's because there was no proof that it was true see think about the first man to look into the microscope What's it all mean? Could be that psychic is nothing more than just a germ. Or maybe it'll turn out that every word of the Bible was true. Right? The point is, as a man of science, don't you kind of want to know? Come with us. Let's see how far down the rabbit hole goes.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Rima.
0: And I'm Ben.
2: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the CBS All Access miniseries, The Stand.
0: This week we are covering episode four, The House of the Dead. (laughs) I,
2: <laughs> I, I, I I was trying to think about that. Would and and I don't know that I figured out maybe what this title was in reference to. Did you? I know?
0: think I think I did.
2: Of course you did. Okay, so <laughs> w- what do you think,
0: Hemingford was? Home?
2: Hemingford Home.
0: Yeah, Hemingford oh. Home is the house of the dead. Well, I mean, there I are bodies. Be... I mean, it's it's a home, uh-huh. as we find out in this. <laughs> it's the big difference from right, it's you know,
2: not a town. <laughs>
0: it's 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 not a town. Or it's a an place. actual nursing or retirement home okay. um so home house and when we find mother abigail there she is surrounded by dead people i Indeed. i think it's the only thing i could think of to how the title relates to the episode in this I can, one
2: i can get on board with that i can get on board with that for sure uh, man
0: talk about a jump start we jumped right to it
2: we did we did There's well no just a little pre-show talk. A little bit of jibber-jabber. No um, banter
0: or nothing. Like, it was right to... What's the episode about? <laughs>
2: no, well, just mostly about the title. Sometimes, you know, it's especially anything like Stephen King related or some of these shows, that like the title kind of always has something to do or kind of vaguely references, you know, something in the episode. And so I was I was just... After you had read that, I was like, I wonder what that does mean. And I wonder if Ben knows. <laughs> so yeah. that's our little banter. Um well, I, wh- I
0: always have I always have to think about it because it is something yeah. like you said. There's always some kind of meaning behind the title.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and you know, even looking ahead at next week's episode, mm-hmm. I'm kind of hopeful. I know what the title means. Yes. But we'll get into that in a little bit.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> I don't about want to that. jump
0: to next week before we haven't started talking about this
2: exactly. week us let Yeah, let's do that. So before we jump into our top three, uh, did you have just general thoughts about this week, or this week's episode? Thumbs up, thumbs down. We love it. We hate it. Are we mixed?
0: I... It's so weird. I watched it as a fan like I usually do. Mm-hmm. Then I watched it again analytically. And there's a part of me that's like i analytically i don't have a lot of breakdown like i've had in previous <laughs> episodes mm-hmm. uh you know i almost didn't want to say it when we were prepping for this i almost didn't want to say like i don't think i have enough to fill like enough time I, and i know we will i know conversation will definitely fill the podcast for sure. so ana- analytical on the analytical side i'm like. Eh, I don't really think there's really need to go <laughs> diving deep into any of this stuff. But as a fan, there were a couple of things about this episode, man, that I just really loved. Cool. Good. I, what about you?
2: Y- you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I was, I was thinking the same thing. Is that, you know, I did my first watch and it's, it's my fan watch. You know, just watch it for pleasure and, you know, not thinking too hard on things. And, um, you know, I... I I think for the most part I enjoyed it. There were a few small things that I had a few issues with, but nothing too major, at least I don't think. Maybe when I'm talking about it it will be. Um but then yeah, then my second watch, whenever I'm like, okay, note time and let's, you know, really put some thought into it and see what's going on. I'm kinda the same. I was like, Oh w- wow, I, I you know, yeah. I, I have things to talk about, but I don't know that it's going to be um, you know, a full deep dive or fully you know, um, full take into, into this week. I don't know. I guess we'll so, see. It, Maybe.
0: It's not going to be, it's not going to be like last week where we're 15 minutes into the podcast and haven't even touched our top three yet.
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know if this will be a two hour podcast. We were just talking about that. Like, you know, but what, what are we gonna, are we going to go there again this week? I don't know. I mean, every time we say that, you know, I don't think we have enough for two hours and then we end up talking two hours plus.
0: That's not just on this podcast. That's on any podcast I'm ever on. I know. Anytime, anytime I look at my notes and I'm like, I don't think I have enough to fill a show. I end up going over what I I'm supposed to be doing.
2: Maybe we're overcompensating. I don't know, but I, know. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm, we'll we'll see. We'll see and what I'm, happens. And I'm with you, you know.
0: In my fan watch and 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 such, there's a couple things that I'm I'm come I'm I'm having a. No, I don't want to say issues with, because issues makes it seem like I'm hating it. Um, Maybe nitpicks? They're not even nitpicks, because they are important to the story. Mm -hmm. Like, Whoopi Goldberg last week mentioning how Whoopi Goldberg not coming across as a 106-year-old was a nitpick. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with the story at all. It was just, she's not convincing as an older woman. Mm -hmm. There's something this week, though, that really... It doesn't make me hate the story. It just but it definitely affects it. Okay. So I like I don't want to say it's an issue. I guess it is an issue, but I don't want to make it seem like it's a issue it's not that is a make is, or
2: break for you, is it? That
0: that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's okay. not a make or break. It's it's something I'm just trying to kind of wrap my head around. Okay. If that makes sense.
2: It does make sense. Makes perfect sense. I I had some similar thoughts, too. So maybe as we talk about it, you know, maybe we'll, you know, have something, um, you know, maybe some clarity.
0: Maybe. Yeah. We'll see.
2: All right. Well, with that being said... Uh, let 's go ahead and start talking about our top three, three before we do start talking about it too much, and then we don 't have any points to talk <laughs> about because we 've already covered all of them, so yeah. with that, what is your number three for this week for this week so
0: my number my number three is actually just what I was addressing um, a minute ago, and it 's the the issue that i 'm trying to get my head around okay uh, there 's a big character change in one of the characters that when I say character change, I mean from both the book. And the 94 miniseries. Book, obviously, is from what I've read and researched, not from actually reading the book, because it's known by now we, weren't, we haven't read the book. Right. <laughs> um, let's not focus on that. Let's get it out of the way now. Yep. Um, I'm having a little bit of an issue with Mother Abigail. And this time, it's not the physical aspect of Mother Abigail and, and the way she looks. I'm, I'm having an issue getting my head around it and maybe it's just me but it seems like this version of mother abigail lacks lacks confidence she lacks a confidence that the other mother abigail played by ruby d had hmm. and there's two particular moments in that that it happens um she in the conversation she has with nick She's telling Nick, we don't know what the other side holds, so it's probably best to take no action. That's not the Mother Abigail we know from the 94 and from the book. And at the same time, when we first get to see Mother Abigail when she's in Hemingford home and she's by herself, she's almost given up. Mm -hmm. Like she has no confidence that anybody's going to come for her.
2: You're right, because, you know, in the 94 series, she seemed to be getting along pretty good.
0: She's in the 94 series, and I'm sure it's probably in the book as well. She's just waiting it out until people find her. She's fully confident that people are going to come to her, and she's just waiting it out. But in this one, she is literally talking to all of her dead friends who were in the room saying Mm -hmm. that the water's not going to hold out. The, you know of the pills uh, I'll probably be gone by tomorrow I don't think anybody is coming she's lost confidence she's not a confident mother Abigail in this version
2: you're right you know I I, I was picking you're putting it into better words I wasn't able to to quite articulate that but I remember watching this episode thinking gosh there, there's something different about this character than what you know, I remember from at least the series anyway um and and mm-hmm. how I can refer to Mother Abigail since you know we don't have book reference um but you're right, you know, Mother Abigail had this quiet confidence about her, and that people were coming, she seemed very um stoic you know in in like you know her fight or or I don't know if say fight, but like being against flag like she wasn't. You know, uh, because it, there was a scene in the 94 version where like in their um, I don't know if it was for real or like in some like dream state where they kind of almost had like a little bit of a face off, you know, where he's standing there in the cornfield outside the edge of her home. And mm-hmm. we haven't quite had that here, but she, 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 you're right. She does seem, there does seem to be like a crack in her confidence and she, you know, didn't have, I mean, if everyone else but her died out at that nursing home and, you know, like, was she able to even care for herself? She seemed really weak. Like, was she not eating? Cause in her house in the 94 version, like she's fed, she's getting along and she's taking care of herself. Like I said, just waiting for people to show up confident that they were going to show up. She's also
0: living on a she's also living on a farm in the ninety four version and I assume in the book as well so there's a lot more availability of things to keep her true sustained
2: true uh,
0: you know other than in a nursing home but it feels like she's almost uh, you know mother Gabig- mother Abigail to dive into the religious aspect of it, Mother Abigail is supposedly the voice of the Lord she's on the side of the Lord right the Lord speaks to her and then she speaks to everybody. Uh, the Lord speaks to everybody through her. Mm -hmm. And now in this one, she's speaking to everybody through Tom or through Nick. Mm -hmm. But it almost seems like she's completely disconnected from him at this point. I, I don't know if we're going to see anything that maybe she finds her confidence. But again, like even in the, in the present day that we're seeing, with you know with the five choosing the three and her talking to Nick and telling Nick you know it's best to take no action even that seems like she lacks confidence
2: you're right it's a really good point
0: so i mean again it's not anything that's making me hate this this story i feel like you know as 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 we've seen with other things and changes that they've made to the story they've made changes for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping this is another one of those instances where they've made this change for a reason and we're going to find out. But as of right now, I don't know. And I can't figure out what that change is or what the reasoning behind it is.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is something I think is a good point about, because there's, you know, still lots of people really unhappy with the change or, or, not really changed. Sorry, but how they've decided to tell the story in a non-linear format instead of like what the ser- the original miniseries did. You know, they kind of went, um, you know, in a chronological kind of order from start to finish. And here, you know, they're kind of bouncing around a little bit with flashbacks and jumping ahead and things like that. Um, that it kind of, you know, is a little bit. I mean, because if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna do something again. You know, like they've already done this in 94. If you're going to do this again, why do it the same way? Mm-hmm. So try something a little bit different. So that's what they're doing here. But at the same time, it kind of makes you wonder as you're sitting here questioning, you know, uh, well, that's not how it was in the book. And we didn't get to see this scene when so when this character said something to this character. That was kind of a big part. Well, we don't know yet. Maybe we haven't seen it yet. That's one kind of different thing, you know. That I think kind of works with this storytelling is maybe we will see that. Maybe we'll get to see that important thing if we feel like there's something missing, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I and I and I just think it makes sense again with the whole limitation of being only nine episodes, you know. That twelve hundred pages into nine episodes and trying to do as much character building, um, and what you know, like you need to do, is nearly impossible. So, you know. Yeah. Again, so maybe maybe we will see something a little bit more. Um, you know, the next couple of episodes. That's that's what I'm hoping.
0: Uh, I mean, there's still more Mother Abigail story that needs to be told. Definitely. So I'm I'm hoping maybe this is an inst- maybe there's something that's going to happen that's going to restore her confidence, and then we're going to see the Mother Abigail that we're we're familiar with. It's just coming later in the story rather than having been there the whole time
2: exactly and we still got a handful of episodes to go too. so who knows we're not even halfway through yet so
0: so but that's my number three um what about you
2: i like it i like it that was a good one and and i'm glad that you pointed that out that helped kind of bring it to light for me a little bit and kind of helped me recognize what i was seeing and couldn't quite figure out so that that's That's good
0: that's what I'm here for.
2: Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the uh, meeting that the um, uh, committee decides to have with the whole community, and or at least their conversation prior to that. But um, one thing that I wanted to point out is as the committee. You know, they're talking about, well, what do we tell these guys? You know, do we do we tell them this? Or how much truth do we give them? You know, do we leave things out? You know, I, this is one thing that, that was a little bit of a nitpick for me. And, and this is Nick, who can't hear or speak, uh, mm-hmm. keeps turning away. Like, he's got his... <laughs> Like, they're all talking and conversing, and he keeps, he'll like, he'll get up, and he'll turn around, and he'll walk, and he's, like, standing in front of a bookshelf or something, or standing in front of a wall, and he's in contemplative thought, and that's fine, but I'm like, dude, there's a conversation going on, and you can't hear or speak anything that's happening, you know, he can't see any signing, so, you know, we we learned before that she had a brother who died and he was deaf. So she knows how to sign. So that's clearly helps kind of bridge, you know, some of the gap that we had, um, you know, before it's like, well, how is he going to communicate? And so that, that's how they decided to, to kind of fill that in. So, you know, she'll even be signing and he's still not looking and he can read lips, but he's not looking at anyone. And I'm just like, dude, you are, you know, this is an important conversation. You need to be paying attention. Um, So that was a little bit annoying um, to me.
0: I did notice that too as I was watching. There were there were times where they were in-depth conversations about things that needed to be discussed and Nick is just staring out a window. Yeah. And there are times you just want, like, you want to reach through the screen and tap him on the shoulder, like, "Dude, pay attention!" Like,
2: "Dude, like, you know make, make, make it the vision. Listen yeah. or, or pay attention and either look at people's, you know, mouths and try and read their lips, or else pay attention to Franny who's trying to sign for you. You yeah. know, um, it's. I mean, it, it's
0: one thing when when you're being hugged by Tom Cullen and Tom's trying to talk to you, not realizing like he needs to be able to see your mouth moving. Right. Uh, that, I mean, that's that's Tom everybody else is a completely different story like yeah nick needs to pay better attention
2: yeah someone should have went and tapped him on the shoulder and be like dude focus yeah let's let's you know it's fine to be in contemplative thought but let's have this conversation and then let's think about it or you know something but anyway that was like like (laughs) kind of a small thing but i was just like what's he doing um so they ended up telling when they when they did make their decision and they're in front of you know I guess we'd call it town or the community I, I don't really know what we should call them Boulder Free Zone you know all these people and they've congregated because everybody wants to know and you know word has gotten out about the you know the the guy that shows up freaking crucified you know and then dies and you know when they're talking about what to tell them you know i'm curious you know what you thought about what they what they said and and was that the right thing and you know i i think you know i think they told them enough without making them panic you know i'm all about being truthful but when you have a a huge group of people y'all don't know each other that well you don't know what someone might do um and, and panic the whole community. I think they said enough because I mean, and really, what are you going to tell them? You know, the the guy's eyes turned to black and he 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 seemed to be possessed. I mean, is that what we're well, going to say?
0: Well, Franny even says that herself during the during the discussion when they are trying to decide what to say is like like we don't even know what we saw, right? You know, like it's something they don't even understand. So how do you? how do you put that out there to the masses when you don't even understand it yourself? Exactly. You know, so I mean, as far as, like, my opinion, I think it was actually handled pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we got to see the, the showman that Larry is because yep. he he definitely has <laughs> he the, the personality. <laughs> he worked that crowd, man. Um. So, I mean, I don't really... Uh, me, personally, watching that, I didn't really have any issue with with what they said the o- the only issue I had there's a little bit of dialogue in that scene that I kind of I mean it worked but I was like eh, like really like that's that's how you want to put it like that feels like it came right out of the book and wasn't modernized at all mm-hmm. and I have it written down just so I don't mess it up and it's um the one guy that was standing up addressing uh everyone. And he says that the guy had wounds on him like we might have learned about in Sunday school. Can't you just say like he was crucified? Like, who talks like that?
2: Well, and you, that's a good point. <laughs> but it totally sounds like something from a Stephen King book. Right? It, that so. sounds
0: like something that was ripped right out of a Stephen King book. Yeah. But I don't even think that from what I was able to look at, I don't think that line is in the stand
2: it might not be but it's to me it almost sounds like something that he would say uh, yeah. or have have in his book maybe not say but you know have in his book so
0: so maybe that's I, why I they said it that way
2: yeah i, I agree that it, it hearing it out loud sounds really odd like some might really say that but if yeah. you read it maybe in a Stephen King book you're like oh okay well that makes sense or it just because it is it's a Stephen King book
0: you know, you- I mean, I mean, if you were in that crowd and you were that guy, you would say like he had. W- it looked like he was crucified. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how you would address that. You wouldn't say he had wounds on him. Like he might have. Like we might have learned about in Sunday school. Like that's a total from a that's a total art <laughs> author line right there. Yeah. Other than that, that was really like, and it just made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. It, it like just hearing it said that way. I'm like, really? Like yeah. that's how you're going <laughs> to address that. Other than that, I, I again, I think it, I think the whole situation was handled rather well. They told them as you know, as Glenn told them during the during the meeting, like you're not lying to them; you're just kind of withholding some of the information, right? And you know, speaking of Glenn, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, another delightful episode with Greg Kinnear. He's really great. He's he I I know we we kind of like embraced Greg Kinnear last week. Um, he, He in my opinion, he's killing it as Glenn. He really
2: is. I agree. I think he's one of the stronger actors and has one of the strongest performances on the show for me so far. Yeah.
0: We're not going to gush this week. I know. I'm just just getting it out of the way now. We're
2: we're not going to go for the (laughs) record-breaking amount of times that we can say Greg Kinnear. I think um, our friend Greg uh, who's not Greg Kinnear. Uh, I think he counted, didn't he, he? he was counting and, and chuckling at how many times he said. I'm like, I know we probably said it a lot, but did we really say it enough to, to yeah. warrant counting it? I don't know. He never really got back with us by the way. Um, so, so we won't, we won't do that this week. We won't try to break our record for how many times that we say it, but you know, I, I think it's fair to say that he is still, like you said, doing an amazing job. I think he's doing a great job with the character. And I think, yeah, he's for me, he's one of the stronger, Yes, you know, uh, Actors and has one of the strongest performances so far. I think James Marsden is also doing a good job. Uh I, I, you know, I before I, Westworld, I certainly didn't give him very much credit, but I really enjoyed his work in Westworld. I know there was a lot of people that don't like Westworld or have some some issue with it, but I did enjoy the first season. I won't talk about the second or third, but that first season <laughs> I thought was really great, and I, I I enjoyed his performance. I I thought, oh man, you're putting this guy in here. You know what's you know. He's too pretty for this show, but I thought he did a really great job. So once they announced this, I thought, well, let's give him a shot. You know, he's yeah. got a little bit of a little bit of range, and um, and then of course, you know, I haven't seen enough of Alexander Skarsgard, but of course, he's amazing. <laughs> but he he. We're not getting a lot of flags, so I'm I'm feeling like the second half. We're definitely. I mean, we know that we're headed to Vegas, so we've and we haven't seen Trash Can Man. We haven't seen Ezra Miller's Trash Can Man. I'm really excited for that. Okay, so we are headed to Vegas. I think I but yeah, I believe so. That's
0: that was when I when I implied earlier on that by the title of next week's episode, I have a feeling I know where the episode is going. Me too. That was what I thought. Because the title of the episode is Suspicious Minds, which yes. leads me to Elvis Presley. And which is Vegas. I mean a
2: Vegas, man.
0: And we haven't gotten any Vegas yet in the series, and we're already on episode five. So I have a feeling, in all honesty, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on this. I think next episode, next week's episode, I think is primarily going to be in Vegas.
2: I think it is too.
0: I think we're gonna get very little, if any, of the main characters. Um, I think next week's episode is going to break away from Boulder and we're going to, we're going to get more Alexander Mm Skarsgård. We're going to get trash can man. We're going to get a couple other of the characters that we know of. We'll probably see more of Julie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And I think if we get anybody from Boulder, we're going to see the three incorporated into that, into, into that situation.
2: Right. That's, that's my feelings on it too. And I think we're, we're probably going to get maybe some similar flashbacks maybe to kind of see. Maybe, maybe they won't, but I think we're definitely going to Vegas. We may or may not get some background on the start of it or the formation of, of New Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that we need to or that it's important. I'm hoping that we're going to start getting a little bit more of a linear like I, I, we keep talking about that. Like it's going to maybe start shifting a little bit to a more linear format instead of flashbacks. But I don't know. We still might have some more. I think we need a little bit more to be honest. And I'll well, talk this about could that. Uh, this
0: Vegas episode, if that is the case and that's what they're doing, it could be the tipping point. Mm-hmm. You know, the first four episodes were the nonlinear format to give us the flashbacks and the introductions of the characters, mm-hmm. and and set up what the situation actually is. In that they're sending three people to Vegas. To figure out what's going to happen. And then there's still a lot of story that happens after that. So maybe first four episodes were flashback and set up. Five is the introduction to Vegas. Six, seven, eight are linear story. Mm -hmm. Telling us what happens now with Boulder Free Zone being set up. And some incidents that are still yet to happen. Right. Followed by episode nine, which is Franny's Coda. So we'll see. I mean, these are predictions. they're obviously, we don't know,
2: no clue. But we'll see. Yeah, that's all speculation, just based on like you said. When I saw, because I was looking that up for the agenda this week, and I was like, "Suspicious minds, eh?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me being a big Elvis fan, I had a feeling that they ha- they were probably referring to Vegas, Um to King Baby. It's,
0: it's weird because you look at like if you look at the t- episode titles, which have been released. For the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Episode 5 is Suspicious Minds, which we've already indicated that we know where that's leading. Episode 6 is The Vigil, which I have a prediction what that could be in regards to. I don't want to say anything for anybody who who might not have... If this is your first introduction to The Stand, I don't want to say anything. Same thing with The Walk. Anybody who has seen The 94 or read the book, that's a pretty obvious one with that's in regards to
1: mm-hmm.
0: episode 8 being the stand again something that's very obvious in what that regards to so I think the episode titles are pretty clearly delineated now as to what they're going to mean but we'll see
2: we'll see it, we be wrong.
0: it's a waiting game there's still 5 more episodes left so we shall see
2: we shall see what is your number 2
0: My number two... I gotta think of a way to word this.
2: Oh. (laughs)
0: Because because just saying my number two is Harold's manhood is not gonna work. (laughs) Um, Let's say the attack on Harold's manhood. Okay. (laughs) uh, Which is threefold in this episode. There are times where... like, I don't want to say the attacks on Harold's manhood are make you feel sorry for him. Because I don't. I do not feel sorry for this character. No. Not one bit. But when you look at the fact that he finishes early, (laughs) I'm I'm being as gentle as I can with this, uh, with Nadine, followed by the next scene, he gets turned down by Franny, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: followed by two scenes later, he is humiliated... By a hillbilly trucker rapist. Yep. His manhood is diminished to nothing. This ep- These three incidents alone in this episode, I think, kind of put the pin finally into, if you didn't already understand why he wants Stu Redman dead. Yes. Or why he is the person, or end why he is the person that he is. This episode makes it clear as day,
2: yeah, absolutely. that he
0: he is just he is not a winner. He is a loser. He is an absolute loser. No matter any way you look at it, and I can say it because he does. He is not real. Um, so I'm not afraid of him. Um, but it's just like the the attacks that his manhood takes in this episode. If you don't understand by now why he is the way he is and why he wants these people dead then what what are you watching
2: Yeah they they did not in my opinion leave any room for doubt I mean I I think that this had to happen the incident here on the road you know he had to be absolutely humiliated like he wasn't able to protect her and do right by her and i think that's a big part in that or for for Harold and fundamental to who he is and and how he ends up being willing to do what he does which mm-hmm. you know if you if you've seen the 94 version then you know if you've read the book then you know um i won't say anything cuz it hasn't happened in this episode so You know, but it clearly he's going to do something really bad and you can kind of see now why he's, you know, kind of able to be turned like he is and why he's being able to be talked into it. It seems very easily Um, because he does have this blind rage at Stu, um, you know, and and the way I think it was fitting to show when, you know, they stumble upon them, like you said, this this trucker rapist who has who's keeping a harem, you know, and to ha- and for Stu to be the one, you know, to like, he doesn't maybe necessarily, he kind of, at least in, in an inadvertently way, kind of does save them. And, you know, after that conversation that Franny and Harold had the night before where he's, you know, really just confessed his love and... Franny saying, you know, I'm never going to have these, those feelings for you. And he blames it all on Stu. It's like, it's because of him, right? And she's like, no. Um, and then for him to show up that next day in like this almost like sa- saving them kind of thing where Harold could not. Um, and he's been completely emasculated, or at least he feels emasculated with that you know, that conversation that happened between him and Franny, him not being able to protect them or her from this trucker guy and be completely, like, he was on the ground, like, hysterical, like, Dana's beating the shit out of this guy with a pipe, and he's, you know, he's freaking out. Um Which,
0: good for her, because... oh yeah.
2: I, let me tell you, I, I, I like Natalie
0: Martinez, which is the actress that plays Dana mm-hmm. in this. I They did such a good job at downing her look that I didn't realize that was her until she was sitting in with the council later in the episode.
2: Yeah. I did not even recognize her. Where her? Do I know yeah. her. Cause I, f- I saw her and I'm like, I feel like I've seen her in something. And cause it took me a minute too, it wasn't until they had her sitting down later that I was like, now nah, I recognize her from something, but I couldn't remember what it was. And I didn't pull her so on IMDb. She's,
0: she is, she's not unfamiliar with Stephen King. She was in under the dome um oh. for quite a while uh she's from CSI New York she was in um a death one of the death race movies that i i really i kind of secretly like those movies uh <laughs> she was in she was in kingdom she's you've seen her face before
2: yeah i know i have so, yeah
0: and and again stephen king fans notably would know her from under
2: the dome and i did watch um at least the most of the first season honestly i can 't remember thinking back if I ever made it to the finale because I think I just kind of petered out and I'm just, i 'm just i I hate saying that because i don 't give usually give up on TV shows usually when I start something i 'll finish it, um, but I know i didn 't make it to the second season yeah um but okay, that makes sense but i
0: mean uh, but I mean, going back to you know everything that happens with Harold in this episode, you know you talk about you, you mentioned Stu and Glenn popping up and being kind of saviors in the situation unintentionally. Like it just happened timing wise that that's, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if they hadn't pulled up, they were, they were goners Uh, or at least Harold would have been a goner. Um, You know, but fast forward to that, that night and Harold overhears Franny telling Stu her secret of being pregnant. Like, Harold hears her confide in Stu and tell her a secret that she's had the entire time she's been with Harold, Mm -hmm. but couldn't confide in Harold with that secret.
2: Right. Yeah. Stu's still a practical stranger compared to what they've been. I mean, they've known each other for uh, quite some time. My understanding is, is that Franny... well I guess they said it somewhere in the beginning of the series and I don't remember which episode When she says you know I'm not your babysitter anymore Um, sounds like I think she was friends with her with his older sister and she used to babysit um, for him sometimes so they've known each other for a little while plus they've you know survived this you know pandemic and this event and then they're on this cross country road trip together so they have a history and so yeah kind of a big deal that she didn't didn't you know, tell Harold that and she's hiding it. We saw her hide it in the previous episode. She's sneaking prenatal vitamins, you know, while he's, yeah. you know, off pissing on a truck or whatever. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it you, says a lot. You kind of
0: have, you kind of have to make in, like, you kind of understand a little bit why he is the way he is. I mean, I don't think I feel for him at all. Um, maybe it's just because I know how horrible of a character he is. If I didn't know that, maybe I would feel for him. A little bit. But I also think the whole um, him on the typewriter in the first episode saying how he's going to kill Stu Oof, Redman yeah. in the in the first episode. I think the writers did that intentionally so that you wouldn't feel for this character mm-hmm. if you saw this happen to him.
2: Right. Now we just uh, get more of his... Mo- we get like his motivation. I mean, it's not yes. just, you know... I mean, is he jealous? Yes. But you kind of see how he got there, you know, uh, it, it's
0: more to show his motivation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like his, his yeah. absolute blind rage. And, and the fact that he's even willing, I mean, we know his feelings towards Stu, but when Nadine approaches him, you know, she's like, it's all five of them. And I'm thinking, damn, is he willing to take out Franny too? Is he that angry, you know, with her that he's done with her too? Uh, I think
0: he absolutely is willing to take I, out Franny.
2: Clearly he is. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, like,
0: even watching that scene with the trucker, uh, you know, like, uh, there's a part of me that, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, dude, you just told this woman how much you, you care for her and you love her. Like, fucking step up and be a man. Like, fight back. Like, don't just sit there and cower in a ball on the street. Like, yes, there's a chance you might not survive it, but go out swinging. Yeah. Like, I, like you know, like maybe that's just me, but like if I truly cared about this woman, I'm not just gonna sit there and let this happen. Like, like I, if I if if I go if I go out, I'm going out swinging. Like, I'm going to at least try to to protect her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I'm I'm the same. I but that's you know that's my personality too. I I am gonna go down fighting. I might die yeah. in the process, but I I, I don't think. I would. I probably will
0: because I'm a horrible fighter.
2: But I mean,
0: (laughs) like, at least I'm going to try.
2: I've never yet backed down from a fight (laughs) when someone is, uh, you know, approached me or, you know, picking a fight or something. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, you might be bigger, stronger than me, um, or whatever. And I might totally get my ass kicked. I've never been in a uh, you know, I've uh, never had a, a gun pointed at me or had you know quite that situation in this show. But you know, I'm yeah. you know I'm like I, I'm not gonna back down.
0: I'm the same way. I mean, like I it's I and I've actually told this people. I've told this to people a number of times in my life. Not like so many that I'm, you know, I come across as somebody gets into a lot of fights. But you know, there's been one one or two times in my life where I've told people like, look, if you're gonna put me down, you better make sure I stay down. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'm getting back up. Like it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. So just I, I don't know how to know, stay down either. I'm gonna so to gonna
0: to just going. watch this character cower like this after having just told her how he loves her and cares about her. Like I, I get. That made me so angry at Harold. It it like, did it, me too. Like, Get like, up.
2: Pro- like yeah. Like protect her. You just like you said. You just professed how much you love and care for her. You know. But but I don't know, there was a look about him, though, when, after, because, sh- look, Franny did not handle this well, you know, I-, I get that she has no feelings towards Harold, and I'm glad that she was very upfront with him and said, I don't have these feelings for you, but mm-hmm. sh- she was a little harsh, in my opinion, you know, sh- you know. And I get Harold is, you know, like, she's kind of been with him that way the entire time. Like, she's kind of like, you know, leave me alone. You know, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're annoying me. And he still keeps coming to help her. And so, I mean, we've established that. But I thought she handled it kind of poorly. She could have been like, you know... I, I appreciate how you feel, but I don't have those feelings for you. And she could have done it, I think, in a more gentle way. Still be honest and straightforward with him, but a little bit more gentle. She was pretty harsh. And there was something on his face that, like, the or the look on his face. I mean, not something on his face. Um, okay. <laughs> not like, oh, look at the fly on his head. Um, not like anything like that. But, like, he had a look. Like, he just felt so betrayed, and like there was no turning back for him in that moment. So I don't know. I think maybe something in that, you know, might have snapped for him a little bit. I think it it kept progressing as you know when, during this scene, and then when Stu shows up, and then as they're having their moment outside, and she he hears Franny confess her pregnancy to him um, when when she couldn't confide in, in Harold about it. I think there was there was added more layers to it. But I don't know. I think when she went off on him talking about how she could never return those feelings for him he looked so like betrayed so i think
0: he was betrayed and defeated
2: yeah so maybe that's what also led to him just not even feeling like he could i think he but i mean he couldn't even protect himself he wasn't even worried about his own his own self yeah in that moment not just franny but i mean yeah but i mean he but,
0: like, even watching that the, that whole scene, like, there's the moment where, you know, Franny kicks the gun, mm-hmm. you know? And watching this for the first time, I'm like, god! Okay. I'm like, yeah, here we go. This is where Harold's gonna step up. He's gonna grab yeah, that gun. He's gonna yeah. fire a shot. No, it takes Dana bashing this dude with a pipe mm-hmm. to end this situation. Yeah. Like, you you were even, like, there was a gun, like, you could have grabbed and, or at least made an attempt to grab. yeah. And, like he he did nothing he cowered yeah so he's a weasel i don't know yes
2: the weasel he but is, i was glad he is, glad dana got the kill though she she i think deserved to to get that kill uh,
0: well because i think from what i read i think harold actually does get the kill in the book
2: really okay he,
0: he does he does grab the gun and get the kill well then
2: i like the uh, change but I think in the book, wasn't it, um, I think I read that there were four there are men. There are multiple. Yeah, yeah. There, it wasn't one man, it was four, so... And
0: I think and I think Stu was already with Franny and Harold at the time as well. Right,
2: that makes a difference. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I liked this. I think, I I, I see why they, they made this change, you know, and I think I'm on board with it, and I'm okay that Dana got the kill. I think if, if you've been held captive and been made a frickin' sex slave to some you know asshole in the apocalypse then you are entitled to bash his head in with a pipe
0: yeah you know what's funny too is i mean and again like when i say like how 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 upset i got at harold for not standing up and doing this i'm not saying that i hated this scene like i actually oh, really yeah, yeah, liked yeah. it yeah. right i actually really liked the way this scene was laid out because it gave me that emotion right like for a scene to do that that means there's something working really well within that scene because if i didn't feel anything then there's something wrong but mm-hmm. the fact that i'm getting angry at <laughs> harold for not stepping up like no there was something right about that scene right but uh, but i will say the first time i watched that scene and you see the trucker lying his head on on the on the steering wheel without the neck bloat, i was like oh that dude's still alive i'm like he's totally, totally still alive
2: totally yeah he looked too and, fresh
0: yeah, exactly. So But that was my number two.
2: I liked it. I like it. And and that kinda goes in with my number two and it, it kinda goes a little bit more into Harold and Nadine. Um a little bit. Okay. You know, we had the seduction scene, you know, we kinda touched on that a little bit. Yes, um, we did. <sighs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I saw a lot of people hating on it online. And, and I'm like, you know, I thought it was better, in my opinion, than the 94 version. I, I, I bought it more than I did the 94 version. Um, and I, I, I'm not really sure why that is exactly. But, you know, I was I was okay with that. But I don't know. Um, Nadine? I... I-
0: I will just say, if I was in that situation, I would have done anything she wanted. Well, sure. That's just me. Sure. I know people, and, and we're not—we're not, we're not bad. Like we're—we're not bashing Amber Heard. Like we're—we're we're looking at this as a character, I'm, and yeah. just that—that that scene to me, I thought—I agree. I thought played out actually rather well.
2: Yeah, I thought. It, I thought it did. I—I um, I didn't quite understand why there was. You know some some folks not okay with that. I thought it was I thought it was okay, and maybe it's because I don't have the maybe it went down differently in the book or something. Um, I didn't read anything specifically about the big differences, Um, so I don't know. But I I thought it went well. But I don't know what was different for me though um, in this episode with Nadine is that, and maybe it was just me, but she really went full on evil in In this episode, oh,
0: there's a switch that flips.
2: I mean, to I thought, and again, I understand I haven't read the book, but I was under the impression that she was supposed to be a little bit more complicated and a little bit more conflicted, you know, about her loyalty to flag. but she also kind of thought herself as like a good person. but you know she she goes through this whole thing with with Harold. You know, doing what she needs to do to get him on her side. And I understand why she did that. She's using her sexuality and stuff, you know, and she's doing as Flag has asked her to. Um, but then when they're up on the mountaintop at the uh, ranger, or well, maybe not on the mountaintop, somewhere on the mountain, wherever this ranger station is, and they're getting those explosives, and she just up and kills Teddy. And she didn't seem to be like, oh my God, what did I just do? Or, oh shit. I can't believe I just shot someone. She, she just like, didn't like hesitate. Like she took long yeah. enough for him to be kind of distracted when Harold pops in from out, out of that shed. And then she's just like, well, this is what we got to do, you know, because we have no, we have no way to talk ourselves out of this and out of the situation. So she kills him. And I'm like, dang, I would have thought that she would have, you know, at least had more of a, a, a shocked look on her face. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just killed someone. So I don't know. I'm a little bit confused about that. She she definitely for me made a big switch. I don't know if it was her contact with Flag or you know what, but it was a little bit different. And you know, and then we were talking a lot about Harold this episode. Um I I'm I'm okay if I don't get a whole lot more of centralization of Harold in any more episodes. We've had a lot of Harold and a lot of focus on him since the beginning of the series. And I think I'm good. I think I've had enough background with him. (laughs) And I say that because, you know, we one of the best scenes for me in this episode was Franny and Sue sitting at the fire when they were talking. And it kind of like, oh, I can kind of see how they kind of ended up together. They've kind of bonded and they have this moment together. And so it kind of makes sense, you know, when you see them together in Boulder. And I want a little bit more of that you know, there are a few things and I'll talk more about them in in my next point that, you know, I feel like we're, we're lacking a little bit, but I don't want to go too deep in that, but that's, that's what I mainly wanted to talk about was, was Nadine and uh, her full trip seems to the dark side. Okay. Um, that actually kind of ties into my number one
0: a little bit. Um, because my number one actually is that, that scene at the end with Nadine killing Teddy. Um, you know, again, it's it's a big change from the book mm-hmm. in that Teddy in the book and in the 94. Actually, in the 94, I don't think we ever see what happens to Teddy. Do we? I might be wrong about that. Because uh, in the in the 94, it's it's Stephen King that plays Teddy. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we ever get a resolution as to what I think it's mentioned. When they mention like the casualties of the incident, I think Teddy's name is mentioned, but we don't actually see it. I
2: think it. you're right. Yeah.
0: Uh, because there are a number of other people that were casualties of, and we're saying the incident, but the incident because it's something that hasn't come up yet. Um, but I think you know this is a big difference with Nadine killing Teddy rather than Teddy being a casualty of the incident. And I, you know what? I find it interesting that they did it. I'm not saying I like it, but I'm not saying that they hate it. I I was really really enjoying the friendship that harold and teddy did have yeah teddy was probably until nadine the only friend that harold or the only person that harold truly felt as an actual friend
2: yeah exactly
0: being in being in boulder Mm -hmm. you know and then nadine comes along and she takes him out so and and then that's where the episode ends I I like that that's what they used to close out the episode because now that makes you question, how does Harold feel about this now? Mm -hmm. Like, is this going to send Harold all the way plunging to the dark side now? Or is this going to maybe humanize Harold a little bit? Like, hey, like, I'm working with you, but you just took out the one person, the only person I actually considered a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, so I... I don't know. I look at the situation a little differently. Like, yes, I agree. There's a switch that's flipped with Nadine. And I think that is because of the conversation she had with, with, with Flag.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, now she... Because of that conversation with Flagg, now she knows her purpose. Now she knows what needs to be done. So now that's the only thing that is, that's her only agenda. She knows what needs to be done, who she needs to work with to get it done. So now that's how she's being. But this with Teddy brings up, and it's interesting that it comes in the episode with Harold, where you know Harold, you figure out Harold's motivation for everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden, now the ep- the episode ends with this. And you're like, oh, okay, well, how how is Harold going to take this? You almost get a minute there where you actually do feel sorry for Harold.
2: Just for a split second. Yeah. For a he, split he second. And then the really episode sad. ends. Yeah, he looks sad yeah. or disappointed, completely in shock, like, oh shit, but you just mowed yeah. out my best friend or the one friend yeah, I have. Yeah, like he
0: he looks shocked. for So for only a moment they humanized Harold.
2: Yeah. And you knew that they were like, it wasn't like a fake. Cause you know, he's totally, you know, so fake in how he interacts with like Stu and Franny and, and half the townspeople, you know, with this act that he puts on, like, he's just a good fellow and he's, you know, just happy to be there and do his part to help out the community. Um, but with Teddy and, it's, and it and they, they play that out in the scene, um, when Teddy comes uh, across that, um, the, this makes me giggle. The Blu-ray for um, *Skyscraper*. The skyscraper, yes.
0: <laughs> do you think the Do you think the Rock's still alive? <laughs> just... I I love that. I'd and laugh. let me just tell you, if the writers were any kind of brilliant, the Rock would have a cameo. Would be
2: hilarious.
0: And he's in Vegas. It would
2: be hilarious. Like,
0: oh my God, that would be. Fantastic. Be, would, but no, that does that, that that scene does make me giggle yeah. too.
2: But but that scene You know, because he, he seemed like he, he's like, Do you you know, do you think he's still alive? And you know, Harold's just kinda looking at him like, dude, really? But then he's like, I don't know. You know, yeah, I guess it's possible, but we'll you know, of course, we'll probably never know. Um, you know, and then so it's it's like he's trying to actually be kind of helpful about it. It seems like it's coming from a real place, like a real place of friendship, not just like a bullshit kind of line. Like he's humoring him or, I mean, he is humoring him, but it's not coming from a bullshit kind of way. It seems like he's, this is my friend and he's, you know, feeling something here. I'm just going to try and, and, and go along with it make him feel good about it, you know, and kind of giving this moment of positivity in this, you know, in this shitty time that we're in. So that really, I, I think that we had that scene and we had other scenes, but I think this was one scene really that you could see that Harold really thinks of Teddy, you know, in that way. And that, like you said, is going to make that impact with him being, you know, shot by Nadine and killed.
0: Yeah, I mean, because even as uh, even as as Teddy is dying, like his his last words to to Harold are "Run, Hulk,"
2: mm-hmm. or
0: "Hulk, run." I don't know which right. with, what order telling they came him to in.
2: run. Either way, yeah,
0: but like he's like he's telling him to run. So like, there's a part of me that makes me think like, okay, maybe Harold's going to take that to heart. Like these are this is his friend telling him to run. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a moment. It might be brief, but I think there's going to be a moment or two where Harold's going to second guess what he's doing. And I think we're not going to see that yet because I think next week we're going to be in Vegas the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think it makes it interesting. I do agree that I think we've gotten enough of Harold for a while. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's so many characters that are part of this story, but it feels like the main focus has been on Stu and Harold. Yes. Um, which makes sense, because it is a story about good and evil, and you've got Stu, who is the ultimate good guy in this, Mm -hmm. Harold, who is the ultimate bad guy in in what he's about to do. So it makes sense that these two are the focus, but even when you look at those two, it still feels like it's heavily Harold and not as heavy on Stu. Yes. So I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from when you say, like, okay, we've had enough of Harold. Let's
2: focus on some Got other Got enough characters. context. I mean, it, and I mean, it's that. fine that he's gonna still probably be popping up in the series i don't expect that this is the last that we're going to see of him i just i don't need any more uh character development from him i don't need i don't feel like any more backstory i think we have what we need from harold now it's time just let's just move forward and get on with the story and um you know give the other characters a chance to
0: i agree after this week i don't think there's anything else we need exactly we we know what he's been through. We know what his motivation is. We got yep. it. I think we're, I think we're good until that incident happens. Right. Right. We, we have what we need from until
2: him. we get to the conclusion of a story. I think that we're good to kind of see how yes. it all plays out anyway, but I don't, I, I don't need any more development or anything like that. Um, I say it's just time to move forward. So, which actually kind of brings me to to my number one. If, if you're finished with with I'm I'm
0: I'm good go for it
2: well I want to talk about the chosen three so as we've speculated I you know I think the next episode it's I feel safe to say I could be wrong um you know that we're going to finally see Vegas will we already see our three people there I don't know but I think that that's where we're gonna go so they the decision's been made um and it's interesting before I jump too far ahead how um the context of how they're the committee is, is talking about this is different than what they did in like the 94 version wasn't the 94 version weren't they like at a barbecue was it a, a barbecue that they're yes. sitting there talking about this um, well who are we going to choose and you know and it, it, it was like this strange you know like oh there's this light hearted backyard barbecue kind of moment and they're talking about choosing people that might die you know who, who yeah. are we going to do <laughs>
0: And in, and in this episode, it's taken a lot more seriously, yeah, yeah, and with more morality. Mm-hmm incorporated in their decision
2: exactly the 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 background is a little bit different they're all sitting at you know a table and they're all you know very in a very serious mode which i think they were serious too but just it was different the contrast of the environment of being at a barbecue and discussing you know people who may die on this journey either on they they could die on the journey because you don't know what might happen while they're even on the road to vegas don't know what happened to them if they will get to vegas if they'll even get to leave. And then what would happen to them on their way back? You know, anything can happen. So when you're having that discussion and you just happen to be doing it over backyard barbecue was just kind of funny. So they, they did a different take with it um, here in, in this version. And, you know, the, the three people that they picked, they picked the um, judge Ferris and Dana and Tom Cullen. And, you know, I'm, you know, when I talked a little bit about not getting enough and, and, I know I've said before that I'm okay with how they're deciding to tell the story, as far as, you know, and how they're trying to give us these condensed versions of the story with the time that they have and their limitations. I have been okay with it. But I, you Mm -hmm. know, I I do wish we had a little bit more time with Dana. I wish we had a little bit more time with Judge Ferris. I feel like they're not major characters, but I feel like characters we should care about.
0: And and I'm glad you brought that up. Not to to jump on your point or, no, or no, take away from ahead. from your discussion, but you know we, we got the whole truck situation, which was a great introduction to Dana, mm-hmm. and it really gave us, although brief, a really good glimpse that yes, Dana can take care of herself. Yes. It's it's understood why um, why Franny chose Dana to be one of the three. Mm-hmm. Tom Cullen we got a little bit more of Tom Cullen so we we kind of understand and and we get their reasoning behind sending Tom right so we we understand why they're coming why they're doing that my issue with this one is they're kind of throwing Judge Ferris in there who yes is one of the three in the 94 and in the, and in the book they haven't given us anything about Judge Ferris right. other than she was sitting in the car with Larry when he arrived to Boulder mm-hmm. that's all we have on Judge Ferris, so as audience members, what do we know about her that makes us understand why she would be one of the three
2: right and and why that, why do we care that's about my her? issue or why should we care yeah. about her because we're supposed to have a little bit of feeling about those those guys, and we got a little mm-hmm. bit about Dana, and you know she can kind of you know hold up on her own a little bit and and seems to be capable um, and someone that might be willing to to, to do this. Um, but yeah, we haven't gotten a lot out of the judge, if really any at all, and we did get a little bit more of Tom. But and it, and it wasn't so much that part of Tom and not caring about him, but it was um, also when Tom is leaving. You know, there's that moment when you know, um, you know Nick's telling him goodbye, and they're saying goodbye to each other. The '94 version for me was a bigger impact, you know, because. They were like brothers. You know, you got to see a little bit more of their relationship, I felt, for well, me anyway. Do you disagree? I, I agree
0: and I disagree. Okay. I do, I do agree that it was a little bit more impactful because we got more of their relationship mm-hmm. before we saw Tom go away. In this one, I I still think the impact is there. It's just felt in a different way. Okay. Um, one of the things I have in my notes that I don't know if you saw, if you noticed it or not. Did you happen to notice that Tom and Nick are wearing matching jackets when they leave?
2: Hmm. No, I don't think Tom
0: and Nick. On that. They're wearing matching jackets, which gives me the impression. Yes, these guys are close. But at the okay. same time, to me, the impact was felt a little bit more because, and let me just preface this by saying, in my opinion, I know we talked about Greg Kinnear and how well he's doing portraying Glenn. I think Brad William Henke is killing it I
2: think he's doing as Tom Cullen. Yeah, I'm happy with I think he's
0: fun. doing an amazing job as Tom yeah. Cullen. Um, You know, there's that scene where like they're they're getting ready to head out and they're packing his stuff in the bike that he's going to be, he's going to be drawing out there. There's one line and it's meant as a chuckle, but at the same time, like it hit me a little bit when, when they're leaving Tom Cullen looks at Larry and he says, you have an earring and starts laughing, (laughs) which makes Larry start chuckling, which like, yes, some people could take that as a throwaway line, But at the same time, I heard that line and I'm like, "Oh, like, why are you sending this guy? Like, he's such a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Like, this this guy is a genuine sweetheart and you're sending him off possibly to his death. Like, why? So I I read that scene maybe a little differently than, than you did
2: maybe because it it, maybe. it wasn't it wasn't like i didn't feel anything i just don't think it had mm-hmm. the emotional gut punch that it had for me in the 94 series and that's totally yeah. fine you know it I just wasn't just, everybody everybody sees but it I differently i think that they tried to and i think that's probably why they had that scene uh, you know where where they met julie you know and and they weren't in a pharmacy but they were in a like this I don't think it was just furniture, it looked like a big box store or like a yeah. you know, something like that. Um, and, you know, they had that moment of bonding together. Like they they got through that together and you can tell that they've been on the road for a while and, you know, they've been through some times. So I think that that's why they tried to throw that in here was to kind of show that a little bit. Like, you know, they've been through some things, they they've bonded over some things, um, but it just didn't quite have as big of a gut punch for me, like, oh man, you know, sending him out. I mean, I felt, I felt that, yes, there was something there. They have a close relationship, but it just didn't have that punch for me. Um, Okay. That's understandable. But, you know, that, that was the thing. Um, Just, I wish we had a little bit more from some of the other characters, because I know that we're supposed to kind of care about them a little bit more as they're, as they're going out to, you know be spies not really scouts um you know to see to see what's what's happening out there in Vegas so yeah i'm i'm interested to see what happens and when we finally get there i'm excited to finally see vegas
0: i i am too i i really am i'm excited uh, to to see Vegas, I'm excited to get more of Alexander Skarsgard. Uh, I'm excited that we're probably most likely finally getting introduced to Ezra Miller as Trashcan Man. Yes, uh, we're gonna get more Lloyd. We're gonna get more Clifton Collins. We're not more. We're gonna get Clifton Collins Jr. Finally, mm-hmm. like there's. There's, a, there's lot a lot that's probably going to happen in this Vegas episode.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a and whole I'm, lot more people. I mean, because there's not just the major characters on this side in the Boulder Free Zone. There's major characters in the, in the New Vegas as well. Yeah. So we, we got to start getting there. So I think this is definitely where it's going to kind of flip a little bit. We're going get, to get more New Vegas. So
0: Yes, I, I agree. Awesome. I agree
2: completely. Awesome. What about notes? You have notes? So,
0: um, I have a couple, um, I mentioned how much I'm loving Brad William Henke playing Tom Cullen. I, I think he's just portraying this character with so much heart and, and, and an innocence that just like, I think, I really think he's nailing it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main instances of that too is, you know, when, and I'll talk about Julie cause mm-hmm. I actually, I have, I have a couple thoughts on Julie, um, you know, but there's that scene where Julie finally tells Tom Nick's name, and he's just so happy to yeah. finally know Nick's name. Like he puts his hand on Nick. his shoulder and he's like, Nick, my friend Nick. Like it's just
2: it's heartwarming. And then as yeah.
0: it really is. And then as they're chased out of that big box store and they hide out in that telephone booth or bus stop, whatever it is, like they just were running from a lunatic chick with a gun (laughs) and the first thing that that nick that tom says is like he's still just so happy to finally know nick's
2: name exactly yeah just ecstatic to finally know uh,
0: it's just it like you just got chased (laughs) but he's still like still so happy to know nick's name like he's so pure there's such so pure he really is i mean even even during the council meeting in the beginning of it like he's happy when the power is going to get turned back on but then when they're voting uh, like well after harold stands up and he does his tom cruise face to get everybody nominated (laughs) uh you know tom's clapping but he says like what what happened like he doesn't know he doesn't understand what's happening, but he's still just as excited as everybody else is. Like he, I, I love what he's doing with this character. I really, really do.
2: I do too. I do too. That was he has some good moments in this episode for sure.
0: Um, I love that Larry is becoming the new Jimi Hendrix. That was fun.
2: That was fun. Uh, I liked it. Um,
0: the only other note I have besides. The huge cameo we got in this episode. I hope you noticed it. I
2: did it, it yep. I did. It took my second watch okay. to be honest, because I was a little bit distracted. Oh but, um,
0: no, I got yeah. it the first time. I was like, yes, I'm like, we got yep. it. Um I, I I think we we have to talk about Julie because yeah. she is a new character that we're getting introduced mm-hmm. to. Um We talked earlier on, and then when we talked about the '94 about Shawnee Smith portraying the character and and how much we loved. Well, yeah, I think Catherine McNamara did really well.
2: I think so too. I I really do. She knocked it out of the park for me.
0: And here's why. Here's my thought process behind that. We talk about like all these deep-rooted emotions and feelings with all these characters. Um, you know, with Harold and with Stu and with Franny and like everything going on in their lives and how it drives their character and their motivation. There's nothing deep rooted about Julie. Julie is a completely surface character.
2: She is nothing deep about her at all.
0: No, what you see is what you get. So I'm not saying that's an easy character to portray because I don't think any portraying any character is completely easy. It's different to portray a character like that yeah. than it is anybody else. So I honestly, I put Kat, Kat McNamara's performance as Julie right up there with Shawnee Smith.
2: Yeah, I thought, and, and I, I'm not familiar with the actress's work, but I was reading online that, because um, I guess she's, she was, and I don't know how major, major of a part it was, but she was in Arrow right? She on, was. On she,
0: pl- she was Green Arrow's daughter.
2: Oh, okay. Well then probably a pretty yep. major character then. I'm not, I haven't yes. watched the series so I'm not, I mean I know what it is but I've never watched it so I don't know all the characters or anything like that or the actors or actresses but I, I, you know, from what I read other people's opinions didn't seem to care much for her acting that much in that show or a few other things that they'd seen but they really did love her performance in The Stand and they said maybe it has something to do with, you know, it's, it's sometimes funner to play bad characters uh you know and you they're a little bit juicy and it's kind of a departure than what i think normally she what she would normally play i guess she normally plays like good characters uh so you know um that was uh, a big consensus was that a lot of people thought she did it really well i thought she did great i thought she she played it exactly as she she should have so that was that was a good character introduction
0: yeah i agree But that's it. That's all my notes. Besides that cameo, I um, that's that's everything I have on uh, on the episode. What about you?
2: Well, I mean, you you mentioned the Stephen King cameo, which I thought was probably. I didn't mention
0: Stephen King, but I just said cameo. Oh,
2: Okay, okay. Well, Uh, we
0: got to talk about it. We might as well bring it up.
2: Yeah, because that was you know we were we knew. I mean, I I read that there was going to be a Stephen King cameo. I didn't know this is how they were going to do it. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Which I thought was absolutely hilarious. I thought probably one of the best Stephen King cameos you know we may have ever gotten. And and I would love it's so to subtle
0: and so simple.
2: Man, if if you're not paying attention, which I you know, like I said, I think I was focused so much on 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 Nick and Tom, and I don't know. I just I, I don't I guess I got distracted on my first watch because it was my fan watch and I wasn't, you know, as focused sometimes as what I am on my second watch. Um so I, I missed it and second watch I picked it up and I was like holy shit there it is. Um so for the
0: for those listening who might not know uh, cuz we haven't mentioned where the cameo we falls We didn't mention, yeah. He is on the poster for Hemingford Home that Nick notices in the bus stop. Yep. He is one of the patrons of <laughs> Hemmingford Home. Uh, which I think is it's just so funny and appropriate.
2: Yep. It's on, so it's on the left side, If you, in mm-hmm. case you want to pause or something. Um, but yeah, he's sitting as one of the retirees. And it's, like I said, I think just absolutely genius um, that they which, put him there. And I bet he had a, a chuckle at that, too. I'm willing yeah. to bet. I, it makes me beg the question. Is
0: Stephen King one of the people that is dead in the home with Mother Abigail?
2: I don't know. I guess it depends because, on how, when they took that, that promo because pic. Because
0: <laughs> he is wearing glasses in that picture and I noticed it in my second watch when I was when I was paying more attention to everything. Uh, one of the characters is covered in a sheet with a pair of glasses in front of them on the table.
2: Oh shit. You never so know. I,
0: I don't know if that's just completely coincidental or if maybe that's led to like a small implication that that might be him
2: i think that's at hilarious. the table
0: i i don't know but i thought it was fun to see him i just remember watching it the first time and i'm like oh huh, there he is we finally got that we finally got the cameo got our cameo
2: make yep. it easy man he doesn't have to be on set nope that's- he
0: just needs to be photoshopped into a picture
2: exactly <laughs> i i love it i thought it was great
0: But what other notes do you have? Uh, The the only other
2: notes that I had were just a few differences in the book versus the series. Okay. But you might have some of those too. So. uh, I'm done. uh, I I, I don't. Oh, okay.
0: I I, I have one more thing to mention, and it's just about the song at the end.
2: Okay. Well, it's
0: just that, and it's that I love that song. Yeah. That's it.
2: Absolutely. Um... I'll try to skim through these because there's a lot. So I'll just try to skim through them really quickly. But um, if anybody is interested, a few of the differences in the books versus the series. um, The first is Nadine and Harold. So in the book, Nadine seduces Harold at the behest of Randall Flagg only after she makes a last ditch attempt to free herself from the dark man by begging Larry to sleep with her and take her virginity. And that is absent here in the series. Um, And instead, we just see her immediately approach him after the town hall meeting, setting those um, plans into motion. We'll, I'm sure, see uh, soon what those plans are. Um, the highway scene, we talked a little bit about that. Um, let's see. So in this series, the man is alive. He's essentially been kidnapping women to keep as sexual slaves. And he has, of course, this intent for Franny. Um, and then Harold is beaten by the man. Um, and he's planning on sexually assaulting Franny right in front of uh, Harold when Stu and uh, Greg Kinnear show up. Say it again, Greg Kinnear. Um, (laughs) In the book, apparently the scene is far worse. Um, Franny and Harold are already traveling with Stu and Glenn when they come across the trap and it isn't just one man, but it's four, as we talked about. There's also eight female slaves in what is referred to as the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, The chapter is graphic, both in its depiction of the violence that ensues, as well as the horrors the captive women have been enduring. Um, so, and this is, of course, how Dana uh, Jurgens uh, joins the group. Uh, Julie Laurie. So this episode introduced Julie Laurie. Um Her introduction is a little bit different than it is in the book. In the book, Nick encounters Julie in a Rexall drugstore in Pratt, Kansas, and has sex with her before, realizing she's a terrible person. The book also sees her terrorize Tom by telling him the Pepto-Bismol Nick, Nick brings him is poisoned. And then uh, Nick and Tom ultimately leave her behind. She shoots at them and destroys their bikes and supplies before that. In this episode, uh, they're in a furniture warehouse. She tries to do- seduce him, um, but she's interrupted by Tom. Um, and then she definitely shows her true colors a lot quicker by when she verbally um, is cruel to Tom, which I hated. I hated I did too. how she was so cruel to Tom and then how much that affected Tom. That That did get me. I was like, man, that's not called for at all
0: and and you notice as listeners hopefully you notice we haven't repeated any of the words that she uses in that conversation
2: no i'm not gonna repeat any of them
0: i understand why they use them Mm -hmm. because they had to implicate how horrible she is yes i i still don't like those words i don't like those words either no.
2: I try not to repeat things like that on the if I can really really get around it cuz I just don't like repeating things like that. I don't like repeating slurs and things like that. Um so so yeah, I'm not going to repeat anything that she says. We've all seen the mm. episode. Um Okay, so Mother Abigail, how Nick and Tom found her. Um, That was one of the big shifts um, here. We talked about that a little bit about how Nick and Tom found her in the book. um, Mother Abigail is living in her own home in a farm in Hemingford Home, Nebraska, and Nick and Tom, along with several others, encounter um, her at her homestead where she's got a hot meal waiting for them. And then in this episode, um, they changed that up that they, um, Hemingford Home, turned out that it's not a town, it's a living community. Uh, for the elderly. Um, the explosives, um, the scene actually doesn't appear in the book at all. Um, and in this episode, Nadine and Harold, they break into a full, uh, shed full of explosives, um, which I'm not going to talk about what's coming up next, but um, that there, that really isn't mentioned much in the book. And then Teddy, uh, a major difference in the book and the episode is how Teddy dies. Um, in the book, Teddy dies um, in the event we're going to call it the event that mm-hmm. um, is is up to come. I don't want to talk about that in case you're new to the stand and haven't seen the series or read the book. I think there were a couple people out there that we heard from that are um, new to it, so I won't won't talk about that. Um, but Teddy is, um, I, I guess, in this episode, it's you know his death is a little bit more responsible. Harold and Nadine are responsible for his death, but it's a bit more tragic as Teddy is actively out making sure that the restored. You know, electricity doesn't cause any fires, Um, not putting a, 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 you know, extending the grid since they just had the electricity turned on. Um, So, yeah, a little bit different um, than what we experienced in the book. Um, Trying to look through and see if there was anything else that I had as far as like any kind of Easter eggs or anything. I don't think that I had any. So I think that's it for me.
0: I I will say too one of my favorite lines from the episode mm-hmm. came from that scene um, where they were giving everybody the jackets and they were giving oh. Teddy <laughs> the jacket and they were like you know like don't and Teddy was like don't we get guns and Stu's reply was look you want to carry a gun God knows there are plenty of them lying around but Teddy you want to shoot your dick off that's on you. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised that they're just so laissez-faire about that. Like, ah, if you want a gun, take a gun. If you want this, just go get it. I'm like, gosh, I don't know. I'd be a little worried about, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I know they haven't quite rebuilt society yet. And he's like, well, you know, we're not cops. We don't have any laws. We have nothing to defend or, you know, nothing to uphold. You know, there are no laws or rules really to uphold. So I get that. But I'm like, man, do we really want just, guns laying around to be picked up i think i'd go on a on a hunt in in homes and the police station and things like that to try at least maybe not have them just free free for grabs or something i don't know yeah
0: or like in the walking dead how they keep them all in like an armory right instead of like just letting everybody willy-nilly willy-nilly carry a gun exactly um
2: Um,
0: it made me think it made me think of two other lines from the episode um that really stood out other than the whole, like you have an earring and like Mm -hmm. from Tom Cullen. Um, One of the other Tom Cullen lines I really liked was when they finally meet mother Abigail and he introduces himself. He's like, I'm Nick from my head because of how he's always talking to her. Um, And then the other line is um, not as funny, but it gave me a little chuckle was when they were deciding to send Tom and they were giving the final vote. Uh, Larry says, um, I got to say, this whole thing makes me feel like a pay toilet. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, because he felt horrible. He felt horrible about sending Nick, as I think, um, or about sending Tom, which I think anybody, yeah. anybody would.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So. I know. And, um, and one thing that stood out to me, wasn't really funny, but it was just... I feel like we've heard this certain phrase so much in the last year that it was just when I heard it here, I was like, Oy! Um and that's um, keep us safe in these uncertain times. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard enough of this. I don't need to hear it on my TV too. Had, had enough of the whole uncertain times. <laughs> yes, we're in uncertain times. I'm just, oi.
0: the song at the end though, um, You know, it was so interesting about... It's not interesting as in it had nothing to do with the episode. Uh, But, you know, when we get that final scene where where Nadine kills Teddy, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I was really... Because of everything that happened in this episode, I was really starting to really like Teddy. Yeah. Knowing full well he was a doomed character to begin with. Mm -hmm. But I was under the the assumption of how his death was impending. I didn't know it was going to happen at the end of this episode. Right until he shows up at the end of this episode i'm like oh no this doesn't like end well <laughs> like no this is not ending well and then they kill teddy and like i'm really bummed out about it and i'm watching and i get that that brief glimpse of humanity for harold like i'm so confused like wondering what's going on and then give me a little sign by Bretton wood comes on and i love that song and i instantly just start dancing <laughs> <laughs> like I had forgot everything that had just happened at the end of that episode.
2: Well, maybe that was their way of lifting you up a little bit. Like, Oh, we just had a lot of bad things just happen and just lost a character. And let's brighten our day a little bit.
0: Yeah. Maybe Bounce it
2: out. Yeah, but
0: I instantly yeah. started singing and dancing along with the song.
2: That's, that's funny.
0: I like that. I did it both times. <laughs> I let the, I let the credits play out completely just to hear the song.
2: Heck Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, No news items this week, so let's just jump into our listener feedback. So um, I'll go ahead and take this first one. Sure. It is from Sheldon Scott. He says, I got to be honest, not proud of my truck driving profession after this episode. LOL. Although I like the drama that scene created, we really saw Harold's True Colors this episode. I'm really enjoying Brad William Hincky as Tom Cullen. He might not have blonde hair, but I think he's nailing the character. I forgot how much I look like him in the book. M O O N, that spells book. Wow, <laughs> Catherine Mac- McNamara as Julie. I think I'm a fan, lol. She's my <laughs> favorite bad girl so far. Can't wait to see more of her in the series, but I'm most looking forward to the introduction of Trash Can Man. I haven't looked to see who's playing him, so I'm hoping we get him next episode. I assume you guys caught the picture of Stephen King at the Hemingford Home advertisement. Usually, I miss the easter eggs, but glad I caught this one.
0: Um, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Sheldon. You haven't heard us mention who's playing Trash Can Man because we've mentioned it a number of times.
2: Yeah, Ezra Miller. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, now we just ruined it for him. Yeah,
2: that. sorry. I, I. You can. <laughs> well, I think we said it earlier. So if was, we did we did mention it earlier. So if if you're yeah. paying attention. Um, But yeah, thanks, Sheldon.
0: Yeah. Uh, This one comes from Doug Fick. Without reading the book and not seeing the original miniseries, I'm enjoying the show, but nothing is happening. (laughs) We're almost halfway through and still getting origin stories. I can only assume that since the spies are on their way west, we will start going somewhere. I know that King has a lot of characters and knowing the backstories will help going forward, but moving the story along may suffer. Now, or are we going to have a gangbuster of a second half? I was, a be- I was bewildered at the death of Teddy, seemed a little unnecessary, and his character was a toss-in. I guess his death was to show Harold that this shit is real. Harold, what the F, dude? You know you could just pretend that Nadine is Franny and get some, son. <laughs> <laughs> I love not reading these in advance. Uh, apparently... RJ does it all the time with that Skarsgård fella. <laughs> uh, I understand.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Doug.
0: <laughs> uh, I understand the sending of the female spies west, but Tom Cullen on a bike across the mountains. It's a 700-mile car drive. If it is in the book, I guess we accept it. Love Greg Kinnear, but is he supposed to be a hipster who vapes and wears the knit cap? It get it. I get it. You're crunchy. It seems the only real wacko so far was Julie. I doubt we have seen the last of her. Hope we do. The show could use some unhinged folks. Enjoying the cast as always, and let's get moving on. Oh, I hope The Rock is alive. I just hope he doesn't get to make another movie. Hey, I like Dwayne Johnson. I I feel attacked by that last comment. Doug, I like Dwayne Johnson. I, I, I I like D.J. I hope he makes lots more movies.
2: I I thoroughly enjoy The Rock as well. Since I mean, gosh, and, and I watched him back in his his wrestling days. So I'm a me I'm too. a long time fan of The Rock.
0: I've met The Rock.
2: Oh God, don't tell me that.
0: I know. Sorry.
2: Oh yeah, I, I'm big big <laughs> fan of The Rock, um, aka Dwayne Johnson as he goes by now. But he'll always be The Rock to me. People's elbow, and, uh, baby.
0: Yes. And, and Doug, we have not seen the last of Julie. I can promise you that.
2: I think Doug likes a little crazy in his life. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Doug, as don't, always. do we all. All right. Next one is from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, yay, Kojak is still alive. I can continue on with the show for now. I'll be interested to learn Harold's reasons for nominating the five to be in charge. You could tell by Franny's face, she did not trust his motives. The scene with the trucker was highly disturbing, but I'm glad one of the girls got to take him out rather than being saved by one of the men. I agree. She should be formidable as one of the spies in Las Vegas. I like the idea of the spies, and I think Dana is a strong choice, and the older lady is a very intelligent choice, but I'm worried for Tom Cullen. Even if he can remember everything correctly, wouldn't he just... Come across too gentle and kind to be a proper bad guy. I feel like Flag would immediately see right through his good soul. Watching him prep to go um at the house and then later at the car made me so scared for him. He's easily the best character on the show, and I feel like his death will be horrible. Wow, the new girl was certainly unpleasant, wasn't she? <laughs> Looks like Nadine, Nadine uh, may have some competition in being the most distasteful blonde on the show. I hope an old folks' home poster isn't Stephen King's only cameo in this series. Anyone else think Teddy Wizak looks like a wannabe Paul Rudd? Kind of bummed he's gone. He was funny. Really enjoying the show now that the snot fest is over. Pretty crazy we are half done.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I, I feel a lot of that, especially the whole... I don't think we're getting any more Stephen King, though.
2: I don't think that and we I've, are either. I think that's it.
0: I've, yeah, I think that's all we were going to get. Yeah. Uh, This next one comes from Tony Douglas. Uh, Kojak is an Irish setter in the book and in this new version. I know we established that last week. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. Always fun to hear what you all have to say.
2: All right. Maureen. Sorry. Maureen Favo says, uh, number one, I like the Stephen King cameo. Number two, sorry, we we didn't get to see Tom Cullen's house and yard is hilarious in the book. Number three, solid adaptation of trucker scene from book different, but as intense. Number four, kind of sorry they didn't keep Stu returning to CDC type facility with Fran and Harold was impactful in both book and the miniseries. Uh, Number five, love the celebratory nature of light up night. Number six, any opinion on whether we should assume Stephen King from Hemingford Home Advertisement was also a resident and is resting under one of those shrouds? Was <laughs> Mother Abigail talking to him? That's hilarious, Ben. You were just yep. saying that a few minutes ago.
0: <laughs> yes, I was. I thought there was a possibility of that. Why
2: not? Why not let's think of him like, oh, he didn't make it. He's he's one of the Yeah, you know, let him be there. Yeah. Why not?
0: Uh, this next one comes to us via email from Laura Willie Swink, uh, Rima, you don't know how stoked I was to hear you read the article last week on this theory that survivors in the stand each have a touch of the shine. This is something I've always wondered about, and when rewatching the 94 miniseries, it popped back in my head. I don't know if King has ever confirmed that theory, but I still like the idea. Also, you've been pretty generous in your opinions of Amber Heard. <laughs> here we go again I don't really follow celebrity news but I know my teenage daughter can't stand her because of what she's done to Johnny Depp's career however like you guys I'm just judging her performance as the only thing I've ever seen her before her, seen her in before was Aquaman uh, well frankly her performance sucks sorry don't want to be that person but honestly she's the most boring character in the cast even when she killed Teddy rest in peace Teddy now you'll never know if the rock is still alive <laughs> she seemed to have the exact same emotions as she did at the town town hall meeting in the cbs extras the actress describes the character as charismatic don't think she's quite hitting the mark Uh, but i'm loving all the rest of the performances i'm so glad to see tom and nick's backstory and that beautiful friendship plus the introduction of terrible unstable julie i like the way the committee gave tom his instructions to go out west using the same recited memory dialogue his counselor probably trained him with in the past. It seems more realistic than hypnotism. That's true. I forgot that's how they did it in the 94 version. Yeah. I don't know if that's how they did it in the book either. Uh, and the scene with the semi truck was a great addition that I don't remember from the book to show Harold's resentment for Stu as well as Stu and Franny's connection. And I thought Glenn's man of science conversation with Harold was a perfect way to win him over and, sh- and show Glenn's proficiency for diplomacy. We didn't even talk about that either. Mm. Uh, I love seeing Larry break out of his Jimi Hendrix, uh, break out his Jimi Hendrix to bring in the startup of the grid, and poor Tom Cullen. God must truly be on his side to be able to ride up over the Rocky Mountains and through the desert in early autumn on what is the equivalent of a beach cruiser. Uh, still really enjoying the show, and I'm hoping that we're going to see Las Vegas and the followers of Randall Flagg next episode.
2: Me too. So,
0: yeah, we didn't talk about that speech from Glenn at all. We
2: didn't. That, that
0: and it's, it's so good. It's
2: wrong of us. But yeah, yeah, that was a really good uh, conversation. And I think, yeah, that was, we should have talked about that more. Yeah.
0: Oh, well. Crap. There'll be more, Glenn. I have no doubt.
2: Yay, for more Greg Kinnear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We also, this week, um, got a voice message from our good friend, Steve Brown.
3: Hey, Ben and Rima. This is Steve. And this is uh, for episode four of The Stand, so um, yeah, I'm still enjoying this uh, this kind of uh, the way they're telling the story, but I really like that we are definitely getting more, I think we're getting more of the story moving forward necessarily than the flashbacks, but we're still getting getting some of the flashbacks is kind of cool, showing us some of these extra other characters that we, uh, we hadn't seen before, like Dana. And, uh, uh, so it was really, really cool to see that interaction, to see how Stu and Glenn connected back up with, with, uh, Franny and Harold. We get to see, we find out that Harold apparently isn't having any dreams of mother Abigail. He's just having dreams of flag, I guess, cause we have seen him, right? I think we've seen him dream of flag. And, uh, so, but they hadn't, hadn't talked about it. So that, that was kind of interesting, um, I liked I think I liked this better. I don't know, uh maybe Ben you've done the research to see what the circumstances are of sending Tom Cullen out as one of the scouts spies. Um but I like this better than the the 94 version where they did the whole hypnosis thing. I was always a little bit like uh hypnosis, but you know I know hypnosis is real thing. I mean, one of my best friends that's how he quit smoking. He was had did a hypnosis thing, you know, like 30 years ago, and he has not had a cigarette since. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, just a, another really good episode, and I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. All right, talk to you later.
0: Yeah, uh, like I said, I completely forgot about the hypnosis part, so uh, I don't know if that's how they do it in the book or not. Yeah, I'm not sure.
2: We'll we'll find out when we read it after this series is over. Yeah i guess we're gonna yeah. read
0: it <laughs> we're still committed to that we
2: are committed to it damn it we, we started a book club just to do that so yep we have to uh, we, we've we've yep. made commitments
0: yeah because we have other people interested in doing it with us
2: now i know now we have to that's good though i like i like i said when we were talking about it hold us accountable make sure i follow through with it so yep. yeah cool all right. That that was really great feedback. Thank you, everyone, so much for taking the time and uh, letting us know your thoughts on, on the series so far. We look forward to hearing from you um, as we continue.
0: I don't want this podcast to become a weekly Amber Heard bash fest. No, I don't either. Ex- ex- especially considering I send these episodes to CBS in hopes <laughs> that they're going to send us somebody to talk to. So I don't want CBS to think that we're bashing Amber Heard every week either. Uh so I'm I'm just saying to everybody out there who wants to leave us feedback, I absolutely encourage you to leave us feedback. Um every week like you have been doing, let's just try and keep the Amber Heard bashing to a non-existent minimum going forward. That's that's just my my request.
2: I think I think that's a good idea. I'm trying to, you know, like I said, I'm trying to, you know, not think about it myself. I'm focusing just on the character, um, and, and her performance. Um, yeah. The if you
0: have, if you have issues with the performance, that's, that's one thing. Don't just don't bash the actress anymore.
2: Yeah. Let's, I don't, I don't want to be that podcast. So, yeah, but I, Agreed. but I appreciate everyone's opinions and expressing their opinions. Um, but moving forward, um, I look forward to hearing what everyone has to say because next week, me too, um, we will be covering episode five, which, as we mentioned earlier, is titled "Suspicious Minds," one of my favorites from um, from the King.
0: I th- I th- I think next week's episode is going to consist of a little less conversation and a lot more action.
2: A <laughs> nice one. <laughs>
0: It's a different song, but still. Different
2: song, but, yep, same mind. That's hilarious. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> pretty excited because I'm ready for some of Randall Flag because I think Alexander Skarsgård is doing wonderful in the little parts we've gotten of him so far, Randall Flagg. I think he's one of the, for me... um and I know, like I said, my opinion means shit because everybody knows how I feel about him. But um, you know, I, I I do truly feel that his uh, performance is pretty standout, um, and I think he's doing a great job with Randall Flagg. You know, I would love love, and this just made me think of it because remember how that one week shit? What episode were we talk were we talking about where it feels like you know we're kind of tying in some of the other. Stephen King books and and works and universe and how this fits into, you know, the whole Stephen King universe.
0: I think that was episode two because it was Larry Underwood's Backstory, because we were talking about it in this in the sewers. Okay, and you're, yeah, you're
2: probably right. So I think I would, and, and considering how Randall Flag does pop up in other books, um, or that, was that last week when we were talking about The Shine? I don't know. It might have been when we were talking about The Shine. Might have been, been both. It could have been both. It could have been both because any opportunity yeah. I can talk about Randall or um, Randall Flag or Alexander Scar's guard, I'm all for it. Um, but I'm hoping <laughs> that this might establish him a little bit. As Randall Flagg, and maybe he'll maybe be in other if they decide to do other adaptations or other things with Stephen King and Randall Flags in it that Alexander Skarsgard might be like the Randall Flag in all of them
0: that would be kind of cool
2: I think he could do you know a pretty good job, probably better than Matthew McConaughey I'd say in the Dark Tower. that's the only other place we've really seen him, isn't it Randall
3: Flagg
0: uh. Yeah, I think in I think in, in 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 live action adaptations, yeah, I think this is a yeah, I think it's just been The Dark Tower as as um
2: I think he's centered. as that character. So I would love to see him like kind of be like the go to for you know um, if they decide to do other works with Randall Flagg in it, um, that he he would be the one. Anyway, just a little request I'm throwing out there in case anyone's listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm already <laughs> sold on the portrayal, so I yeah, agree with you. I think he's done a great job. Um, okay, well, we are really excited for you to travel to the Boulder Free Zone with us. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Cast.
0: You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Cast.
2: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app.
0: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts.
2: Speaking of great podcasts on Podcastica, um, House Podcastica has um, started the coverage for season three of Cobra Kai. Yes, it
1: has.
2: Super excited for that. Um, I'm uh, on there with guesting with Jason and Rich as they cover. And I think we might have a special guest this week.
0: I think you are having a special guest this week. I don't know who it is though I
2: don't know
0: I've heard of the guy, but i I don't know much about him.
2: he's okay, so i
0: think <laughs> i i yeah i i think he's uh he's he's all right it's all right he He can be a little chatty <laughs> um he he definitely likes to hear the sound of his own voice. he can talk well, a lot
2: We're <laughs> podcasters we all um you know, if like you haven't if figured
0: it out yet, <laughs>
2: we like to talk. Yeah.
0: Uh, if you I, haven't figured I'm it excited. out yet, this be great. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be guesting uh, with you, Jason and Richard over on uh, uh, House Podcast again this week, which is going to be fun.
2: I think it'll be great. Uh, I know that you're a fan of the series, so it'll be really fun to geek out um, with you guys on the next couple of episodes. So yeah, go out and check us out on um, House Podcastica at Podcastica. And speaking of great podcasts and projects, make sure you check out Ben and all of his wonderful works that he has um, going on right now. You've got so many balls in the air. I don't know how you do it, but you can check him out on um, (laughs) www.thenextlevelnetwork.com.
0: Yeah, my my Wilhelm podcast, which is my brand new podcast, is casting right now. Uh, Scheduling starts next week, and episodes start rolling out at the end of the month. So
2: awesome!
0: I'm happy about it.
2: Yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited to be a part of that, so I can't wait. Um, And then next week, we mentioned is episode five. Um, Pink is going to be joining us again. Is he? He is.
0: (laughs) I know he is. I'm the one that reminded (laughs) you. Surprise!
2: Now I know you reminded me because I have you know this week has been crazy for me and or for so many people and my mind is gone but anyway so yeah um hope you guys join us for that and check out all the great podcasts and yeah pig's podcast too, run for your lives he is still going strong with that um with Daphne while I'm giving him a temporary break um so check him out too so
0: yeah it's gonna be fun having him back on next week
2: but, all right,
0: that is our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
2: Until next time, I'm Rima,
0: And I'm Ben.
2: And at Angelus Girl, uh, this is from Twitter, is strange indeed.